Glory to Jesus Christ, Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish presents Light of the East, a program revealing how the Eastern Catholic Churches have nourished the Roman Catholic Churches and today's world in profound ways through their history, traditions, mysteries, and spirituality. Hello, I am Father Thomas J. Loya, pastor of Annunciation of the Mother of God Byzantine Catholic Church in Homer Glen, Illinois, and this is the story of the Eastern Churches, an inspiring story of faith courage, intrigue, mystery, spirituality, dissension, and reconciliation. But most of all, this is an expression of a great experience of faith through our unique divine liturgy. Join with me now as we look toward the light of the East. Light of the East is also supported by the iconography of Father Thomas J. Loya. Father Loya's iconography for your prayer and home devotion may be obtained by going to MorningstarBooksAndGifts.com That's MorningstarBooksAndGifts.com Then click on the Art and Decorative link and click on Icons in the drop-down box or call 630-629-1720 Morningstar Books and Gifts 28 West St. Charles Street, Lombard, Illinois Christ is risen, indeed is risen. Welcome to Light of the East. I'm Father Thomas Loya here during the marvelous, glorious Paschal season, the resurrection of our Lord. There are a couple of events are happening at my parish that are just must-see events. One of them is going to happen in June, on Saturday, June 5th, 2010. At this event, between 1 and 4 o'clock at our church, Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Church in Homer Glen, Illinois, you're going to find out how much of our health problems, moral problems, family problems, environmental problems, educational problems, etc., etc., actually have their origin in the reigning, prevailing theory of evolution. That's right. You're going to find out how evolution is at the heart of a lot of our problems today. And we're going to replace that theory with truth. We're going to feature Hugh Owen and the Colby Center for the Study of Creation. And again, that is Saturday, June 5th, 2010, 1 to 4 p.m. at my church, Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Church in Homer Glen, Illinois. For information, you can visit us at TaborLife.org, website TaborLife.org. Or you can call us at 708 645 That's 645 Again, it's January 5th, and the conference is called Creation, Evolution, and the Crisis of Faith. But there's also another event happening at my church, another very special one. We're going to host a marvelous special choir from the country of Serbia, and they're going to be singing the liturgical songs of the Byzantine Church, the Serbian Orthodox Byzantine tradition. And we're just very privileged today to have someone who is representing this choir here in America, and his name is Father Milos Vesen. He is the pastor of St. Michael the Archangel, Serbian Orthodox Church in Lansing, Illinois. Welcome, Father, to our program. Christ is risen. Thank you for having me. Indeed is risen. Thank you for being here. So tell us, first of all, about this choir. You gave me some information, and this is really a unique event. This is a very special choir with a tremendous history behind them. So tell us about this choir. Yeah, the choir, uh, which is going to tour the United States of America now for the third time, is coming from the city of Niš, uh, the second largest city in uh, Serbia, which is situated all the way uh, south uh, between Serbia and towards Macedonia, the former Republic of Yugoslavia, Macedonia. Now, the choir has been in existence for last 135 years. 
and uh, thus being uh, one of the oldest church choirs in the whole Balkan region. Although there are some uh, older choirs, the unicum about the niche choir, which is called the Serbian Singing Society Branko, named after a famous Serbian poet, Branko Radicevic, from the first half of the 19th century, the time of the Romantism. And this church singing society has been singing without interruption for last 135 years, every Sunday and every feast day in the Nice Cathedral. Now, the governments have been changing different regimes. They sung under the Turks, under the Kingdom of Serbia, which later became Kingdom of Yugoslavia, which after the Second World War became the Socialistic Republic of Yugoslavia under the Tito during the uh, so-called small Yugoslavia, when the other republics started falling apart in the 90s, and so on, and so on, and even now. Even during those 78 days of bombing, when unfortunately the NATO countries were bombing Serbia in 1999. And this choir is uh, coming, as I said, for the third time to the United States, this time in order to announce an upcoming jubilee, a great Christian jubilee, 1700th anniversary of the Edict of Milan, issued by a great emperor, Saint Constantine, who was born in the city of Nice, the very city from which our guests are coming from. And this Edict of Milan, one document which uh, to some Christians today might be even completely unknown, is a very, very important document because with that document, Christianity has received the freedom of confession. As you well, for the first three centuries, our forefathers and foremothers in faith have been constantly persecuted. The Christianity did not enjoy the freedom of worship, the freedom of profession, which came in the year 313, when, as I said, Emperor Constantine issued his famous edict in Milan. The two major events of the world's importance are going to take place in the city of Nice, the birthplace of Emperor Constantine, as well as in the city of Milan in Italy. You know, Father, is very providential. You're telling us this story because today, on our Byzantine liturgical calendar, is the feast day for the first ecumenical council in Nicaea, which was called together by Emperor Constantine. By Emperor Constantine, yes, in 325, <laughs> exactly. Oh, and by the way, it also happens to be the Sunday that we are celebrating our 10th anniversary here at Annunciation Parish, 10 years here in our location in Homer Glen. Mm. Father, you also have a radio program as well. Yes, or I should better say I take part in a program which is called uh, Serbian Radio Chicago, and uh, which could be heard at 13.80 a.m. And usually I am there every Tuesday and every Friday from uh, 3.10 p.m. through 3.30 p.m. This is a general uh, program for the uh, Serbian population, and for the last 15 years I have been there uh, talking every Tuesday and uh, Friday about the uh, church issue, 
and trying to uh, use this uh, medium to reach many of our Orthodox Serbs who are living in this area. The radio station is itself is stationed in South Chicago, on the south side of Chicago, on 106th Street, and it reaches the entire area, let's say, from South Bend all the way through Milwaukee. Uh, the entire Chicago metropolitan area has about uh, seven various uh, Serbian radio uh, programs, some of which are daily programs, and I think two or three are just weekly programs. And also there is a, a TV program. And all those programs are always open to uh, the mission of the Serbian Orthodox Church, but in a very, very special way, we have been working very closely with Radio Chicago, not just on Tuesdays and Fridays, but also every major feast day, their radio station is uh, open to us. And your diocese is called the Serbian Orthodox Diocese of New Gracenica, correct? Yes, uh, we have two dioceses in, in this area. We have the uh, Serbian Orthodox Metropolitanate of Chicago and Libertyville, comprising of North uh, Side Chicago and the monastery in Libertyville, which is the oldest Serbian Orthodox monastery here in this country, and uh, our diocese of New Gracanica and Midwestern America. New Gracanica, named after the monastery of New Gracanica, which was built after the architectural prototype of the famous Gracanica monastery in Kosovo, in South Serbia, in that cradle of uh, Serbian Orthodoxy, unfortunately a part of the world which uh, has been going through severe, severe troubles within many, many, many decades now. Yes, and we're going to talk more about that a little bit later on in the program. You know, Father, I have to, I have to tip my, my hat to the Serbian church, the Serbian people, because and for all you listeners out there, especially if you're not familiar, would like to see or experience uh, Eastern churches, the Serbians build some of those magnificent, beautiful churches and monasteries you ever want to see. Serbia itself, the country of Serbia itself, is just, in a good way, littered with beautiful, beautiful monasteries and, and churches. Am I right? Am I correct, Father? Uh, exactly. And uh, just to, to uh, make your listeners understand a little bit more why the whole region of, of uh, Kosovo is so important to the Serbian nation, especially to the Serbian church, the whole region of Kosovo, which is, let's say, maybe a third of the state of uh, third of the size of the state of Wisconsin, if you could imagine such an area, has 1,400, 1,400 Serbian Orthodox churches and monasteries. Oh my goodness! Some of them going back to the ninth century, and uh, that's really the uh, our identity card par excellence. Unfortunately the political situation in that part of the world has uh, changed, and as you said, we are going to touch upon that subject a little bit uh, later. And what you said about the Serbian churches is true, not just in our motherland, in our mother country, but also here in America, because the Serbian Orthodox Church has been present here in the United States of America for almost 110 years in a very, very organized way. So uh, our church our parish, rather, of South Chicago, just celebrated last uh, fall in 2009 our uh, 100th anniversary of the regular liturgical life. But actually, the parish itself has been in existence for 110 
10 years, so 110 wow. years ago, uh, the Serbs organized a small parish on the south side of Chicago, but 100 and uh, actually 100 years ago, they started with a regular liturgical life. And uh, they have been, or I could say we have been on the south side of Chicago, 98th Street and Commercial, until, until 1998, where, when we have uh, decided to move, and uh, for the last 11 years, we have been here in uh, Lansing, where we have erected our new house of worship, new St. Archangel Michael Church, which is located at the corner of 186th Street and Stony Island in Lansing, Illinois. Well, lots of history, and we're going to talk more about that history and also the present of the Serbian Orthodox Church here in America and also abroad. So please stay with us here on Light of the East. Light of the East mission is Christianity's reunion. And to tell the story of the Eastern Lung of the Catholic Church, we need your support in order to keep Light of the East on the air. You can make a donation now by going to ByzantineCatholic.com. That's ByzantineCatholic.com. Click on the radio button and then donate securely using any major credit card. With your help, we can keep Light of the East's illumination bright. Hello, I am Father Thomas J. Loya, and I am here to tell you that we are killing ourselves, literally killing ourselves, from the foods that we eat to the pills and liquids that we consume to the unborn children that we abort. Yet much of this demographic suicide can be laid at the very doorstep of the prevailing theory of evolution. On Saturday, June 5th, 2010, at Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Church, the Colby Center for the Study of Creation will present overwhelming evidence of how Darwin's theory of evolution, so widely accepted in the scientific and academic communities, is destroying us. Millions of people for generations have lost their faith and had their lives destroyed because they never had the opportunity to hear the evidence that you will hear at Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Church, Saturday, June 5th at 1 p.m., located at 14610 Will Cook Road in Homer Glen, Illinois. For more details, call 708-645-0241 or go to ByzantineCatholic.com. That's ByzantineCatholic.com, and may God be with you. The Tabor Life Institute which is dedicated to the formation and education in the theology of the body. To find out more about the Tabor Life Institute, you can go to taborlife.org. That's taborlife.org. Especially if you're interested in conferences and retreats, in particular for youth, young adults, and also for those of you who speak Spanish. That's taborlife.org. You're listening to Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. The Daughters of St. Paul sponsor a monthly study group on the theology of the body. The discussions are led by Father Thomas Loya. Glory to Jesus Christ. Every second Saturday during the month at Pauline Books and Media, 172 North Michigan Avenue in Chicago, from 1030 until 12 noon Central Time. Simultaneously and interactively video streamed live online. As you know, we are concerned about the sacramental liturgical worldview as delivered by John Paul II's Theology of the Body. For more information, go to daughtersofstpaul.com or call 312-346-4228.
Welcome back to Light of the East. I'm Father Thomas Loy here with a very special guest, Father Milos Vesin from the Serbian Orthodox Church. His parish is St. Michael the Archangel Orthodox Church in Lansing, Illinois. And he is helping to bring to my church a very spectacular special event, a choir from Serbia, a famous choir with a great history, a venerable choir. It's going to sing the beautiful liturgical music that we often hear in Serbian Orthodox and many Byzantine churches. And that's going to happen at my church, Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Church, on May 29, 2010. That's May 29th at 7 p.m. To find out more information, just go to our website, byzantinecatholic.com. That's byzantinecatholic.com. Again, it's a concert you're not going to want to miss. May 29th, 7 p.m. It's a Saturday evening at Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Church in Homer Glen, Illinois. Father, tell us about, I know we only have a, don't have a lot of time to get into a lot of history, but there's a tremendous amount of history both in the past, but also in, in recent history with the Serbian church. Tell us about the Serbian church, some of its history and also some, especially some of its recent history and its challenges that it's facing now. Well, very briefly, uh, the Serbian Orthodox Church received its autocephality, its independence, we would say today, from the uh, Church of Byzance at the very beginning of the 13th century in 1219 with St. Sava, who became the first Serbian archbishop and who is really the most beloved and the greatest among all Serbian saints. The greatness, if I may say, of our church is that our church has always been a church of martyrs. Mm-hmm. A church crucified, a witnessing church, church that has always witnessed the crucified, but also the risen Lord. Mm-hmm. Very often we have to ask, why, O oh Lord, why do we have to go through all those sufferings every little while and again and again? But then we are being constantly reminded that the church is church only when it is crucified. It is not easy to endure permanent crucifixion, but then we know that we are part of the church. And as far as we are concerned, all us Christians who live here in this society, in this time and age, at the very beginning of the 21st century, yes, we too are being tortured and persecuted in a very, very subtle way, in a way which, on one side, give us the full freedom to do whatever we want, but on the other side, it robs us. Very often, it robs us from the pearls coming out of our souls. And that's what our church, what your church, what every Christian church is trying to prevent, trying to point to Christ as the way and light and truth of this world. In recent history, there was, of course, as you alluded to earlier, uh, there was a war in, uh, well, what used to be Yugoslavia, but it was the, it was uh, Serbia and Bosnia was involved in this. Can you explain a little bit about the background of that and the significance of that war? especially? Very, yes, very difficult to, to, to uh, within a relatively short period of time to explain all those reasons, but uh, as some of you listeners mm-hmm. might, Yugoslavia was comprised of seven, or rather six republics and two autonomous provinces you know, like Serbia, Croatia, uh, Bosnia and Herzegovina, Macedonia, Montenegro, Slovenia, and then two provinces being Vojvodina and uh, Kosovo. After the death of uh, the former Serbian president, uh, Josip Broz Tito, in 1980, little by little, the dismantling process, as I call it, of Yugoslavia has begun, and then unfortunately at at the very beginning of the 90s, with the uh, tragic wars, first in 
Croatia, in the region of Ukraine, and then in uh, Bosnia, have dismantled the former Yugoslavia. Uh, now, looking back, we could see that uh, no one was the winner, quote, end quote, in those wars. Everyone is a loser. So many lives have been lost. And uh, not entering into the political arena, looking for the people who have caused all those troubles, we are just going to say that uh, Christians, no matter to what denomination they belong to, East or West, Orthodox, Roman Catholic, Byzantine Catholic, Protestant, Evangelical, and so on, and so on, have been called permanently, not just to pray for the peace, but to be the peacemakers. And that's why we have always tried, at least among our faithful here, here in Chicago, as well as in the other metropolitan areas of this great country of ours, always to spread the word of truth and the word of peace. And that's why we are enormously thankful to so many Christian communities, non-Orthodox Christian communities, who have, out of their own free will, organized numerous prayers for peace in Serbia during the 90s. Now, each one of those former republics exists as an independent state. Is it better now than it was before? I honestly don't know. And how about the church itself over in Serbia? The church itself is going through a very, very, very blooming period of time, if I may say. Uh, the church, or other churches, in all those former republics have lived a, a true renaissance in their existence after the fall of communism in uh, Eastern Europe. Although Yugoslavia was not really the true communistic country like former Soviet Union, or Bulgaria, or Romania, or Hungary, the Communist Party was the dominant one, and of course the position of the church was not easy one. Now we are witnessing that uh, the younger generations, some people are saying coming back, and I'm saying not coming back, but they are discovering their way to the church, because coming back could be said only for one who was at the place, and then he was lost for a while, and now he comes back. No, the younger people, the youth, is discovering the church as the only beacon of light, as the only light at the end of this very, very, very long and sometimes very dark tunnel, tunnel made of political and economical circumstances. Hundreds and hundreds of new churches are being built. The religion is being taught in the public schools. The church is present in radio and TV programs. The open lectures are being organized with religious thematics. So as a matter of fact, at the end of this week, I'm going... Uh, back to Serbia, I go about three or four times a year, and every time I go, I have uh, lectures at some of the most prestigious halls in, in, in capital city of Belgrade, in the major cities such as Novi Sad, Nish, and so on, which all speaks about a very, very active life and a very active role that the Serbian Orthodox Church does have in today's Serbian society. Well, it's amazing, despite all of the heartache and persecution and bloodshed over the years. But what an amazing witness that you, your church can see all that suffering as a sign that you are truly living Christ. 
I mean, it's an amazing witness for the world. And I thank you really for, for sharing that with us. Now, how about the church here in America? We just have about one more minute, Father, but uh, the, the Serbian church in America. Yeah, uh, the Serbian church in America, as I said, uh, has been in existence for over uh, 110 years. And just very briefly, our parish of South Chicago here is mostly comprised of the so-called old-timers, the Serbs of the first, second, third, and even our fourth American-born generation. Altogether, in the entire United States of America, we have three dioceses with over 100 parishes from the East Coast to the West Coast, and then there is one separate diocese for Canada. Well, Father, I really appreciate your coming on the program and talking to us about your church. It's, it's rich, amazing history, and also for introducing this choir to us. And again, we want to remind you, Come and listen to the Church Singing Society Baranko from Serbia, a wonderful choir with a tremendous history and dignity about it, a venerable choir singing venerable music from the Byzantine liturgy. Again, this is May 29th, 7 o'clock at my parish, Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Church in Homer Glen, Illinois. For information, just go to byzantinecatholic.com. I want to thank you for listening. I'm Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. Thank you for listening. Next week, we will return to the Light of the East. To find out more about Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish, visit our website, byzantinecatholic.com, where you will also find an archive of all of our programs. In order to continue this program with its mission of Christianity's reunion, we need your support with a donation. Any amount would be a blessing. Please make out a check to Light of the East Radio and send it to Light of the East 14610. Will Cook Road, Homer Glen, Illinois, 60491. That's Light of the East, 14610, Will Cook Road, spelled W-I-L-L-C-O-O-K, Road, Homer Glen, Illinois. From the Light of the East, a new dawn of unity is in sight. God bless you, go with God, and may God bless you and grant you many happy years.